Welcome to My BFF. At Mom Your Business, we are serious about helping and celebrating Black female entrepreneurs. We're on a mission to move Black female founders from bootstrapping to bankability. For too long, Black female founders have gone unnoticed. We are 50% of all entrepreneurs, yet the least funded. Black female founders are everywhere. We're your store owners, your hairdressers, your fashionistas, your manufacturers, wives, mothers, and so much more. The Founders to Funders Cultivating Female Startups Accelerator provides BFFs access to investors, experts, and mentors in one supportive and growing community. So if you're serious about supporting Black women, listen to each episode, share their stories, buy their products, and be sure to follow them on social media. Visit our website and donate to Founders to Funders where we are rewriting the narrative of Black female founders. On today's show, we will be talking with Nikki Murkison of Paragat, an innovative web platform that matches ideal partners to one another with the intent of buying property together. The platform makes home ownership both accessible and affordable. Her superpower is her passion for making wealth building opportunities attainable. She is the founder of Urban Leisure, a co-living space based on, based out of Brooklyn, New York. Co-living is one of the best and most direct means to achieve optimal density using a shared housing model that encourages social interaction, collaboration, and connection. She's a real estate investor and developer advocating for and empowering others to make smart investments. Her superpower is her passion for making wealth building opportunities attainable. She is the founder of Urban Leisure, a co-living space based out of Brooklyn, New York. Co-living is one of the best and most direct means to achieve optimal density using a shared housing model that encourages social interaction, collaboration, and connections. She is a real estate investor and developer advocating for and empowering others to make smart investments. Welcome, Nikki Murkison, to Dear BFF. Thank you for having me, Tanya. Good. I'm so happy that you're here. So as I said, Nikki, we keep this real simple. It's just me and you talking to girlfriends, talking about entrepreneurship. And um, I just want to start by asking you to tell our tell our listeners who you are and why you do what you do. Absolutely. Um, I like to consider myself nowadays a wealth building advocate, um, advocating for um people to build wealth through home ownership and really um helping people understand the benefits of home ownership um home ownership actually changed my life it changed the trajectory of my life um and my career in banking changed that trajectory and since then i've been able to build wealth for my family um and if it wasn't for home ownership i wouldn't be where i am today so I, i'm a really huge advocate for building wealth through home ownership and and not just wealth, generational wealth. So really trying to close that wealth gap. You know, that's so powerful, Nikki, because I don't think we really understand. Um, I think it's becoming more understood the power of generational wealth 
through home ownership, right? Um, talk a little bit more about what you see and what you have seen both in your professional life and even as you started Pair Gap, um, the power of why it's important to how how home ownership is such a key part of building generational wealth. Um, I think the word wealth and generational wealth is kind of trending now and it's people are using it all the time and I don't know that everyone really understands how home ownership builds wealth um, and I think if you're looking at it from the traditional way that people built you know purchase homes right that nuclear family you get married you have children you buy a house and that was the American dream and I think the American dream is changing uh, mainly because the behaviors of this next generation of people that are buying homes are different, right? Mm -hmm. Social behaviors are changing. And I think that we need to create products and create solutions that kind of fit the way people live today. And so um, in the work that I've done in my professional life, um, being in banking for almost 25 years and then becoming a homeowner myself um, with the tools that I learned from being in bank and, and originating mortgage loans. I was 29 when I first bought my house. Um, I think that, you know, really looking at home ownership like an investment, right? And that's the way young people look at it today. They want to be investors. And I think the first thing to do is invest in themselves, invest in, them in their future, and the best way to do that and build wealth. And the easiest way for the everyday person to do it is to purchase home and real estate. And then you're satisfying two things, right? Housing, which is one of the biggest issues that we have in America now. We have it, we're in, a, in the middle of a crisis um, and people are spending more on housing, right? So they're basically burdened because they're spending over, not 30%, which is what makes you um, burdened with housing. Um, they're spending over 40 and 50% of their incomes on housing. And so we need solutions that fit the way people live today. And for me, shared housing and being an advocate for affordable housing through shared housing models um, is my solve for closing a wealth gap and something that's attainable, something that's, you know, practical and something that people can move forward with the everyday person right now today. So talk about the shared housing model, because I, I don't I want people to really understand what that means and how that led your advocacy and that uh, understanding led to the creation of Pair Gap. Well, um, to be completely transparent, what led to shared housing is my struggle in sustaining home ownership and being in a high cost market like New York City, being in Brooklyn, which was one of the most expensive places to live at some point besides San Francisco. Um, and I think it's still part of the top five, right? The most expensive wow. cities. And just wow. being a single person trying to manage and keep my properties, especially after the market crashed in 08, that crash directly impacted the work that I was doing, right? It directly impacted the more impact the mortgage industry. And so I had to think of creative ways to continue to build cash flow in my property so I can just sustain my home and not lose it. And so through that, I was able to discover shared housing, co-living, and all of these are shared rental models that landlords could take advantage of to increase their profits 
but not only increase their profits to really create community, you know, and, and mm. change the dynamics between the landlord and the tenant and provide a service to people coming in your home. And so that, then Airbnb took off. So people were already sharing their homes. And so instead of renting full apartments, I would rent rooms and I catered to students and these rooms were fully furnished. And so all they had to do was come with their backpack and make themselves at home and, you know, to study. And most people came from um, outside of the U.S. And then once the pandemic hit, you know, my son and I, who he's a creative, and we kind of started brainstorming and putting our mind together and saying, you know, what can we do to enhance this shared housing? Um, and so co-living was an option. And co-living is really community building and providing support within a household um, of people who are like-minded, right? So it could be for entrepreneurs, it could be for seniors, it could be for single moms, like you can put it in any category, but providing services, providing support, providing an environment where people could connect and they can feel close to people that are in the same space where, you know, they can grow together. And so, um, we decided to kind of enhance shared housing by going into co-living. And all of that led to um, more cash flow, and it led to me being able to leave my corporate job after almost 25 years. Wow. Now pursue and continue to do the work, right? So shared housing as a form of affordable housing on the rental side, it, you know, people don't have to worry about buying furniture, right? It's expensive and it's emotional to buy furniture, right? Um, so they don't want to go through that. You know, we're in a space where everybody wants things today, right now. They want convenience. And so the rental housing in a shared space is convenient and it's also less expensive because you're sharing in all the responsibilities, all the utilities, um, and, and everything is in one price. So you know, um, experimenting with that model. And then in the community development space in my job at JP Morgan Chase, I was working in communities, helping to educate low to moderate income families on how to build wealth through home ownership. And what I found at the same time that I'm testing the rental model is that not only low to moderate income families were having trouble, which was what I was in charge of focusing on, but it was regular working class people that would come into these events and these workshops to learn. And how do they get out of that paycheck to paycheck rat race, right? And and get to the next level, right? So middle-class people make it a hundred thousand, like myself, right? Making over a hundred thousand. I was a millionaire, right? Cause my property values went up, but I was still living paycheck to paycheck. So how do mm. save the middle mm. class from going under, right? And going mm -hmm. to the next mm. level. And so I was helping young people figure that out, but student loan debt was a barrier. Debt was a barrier. And so at the same time, I was testing the model and I was on a dating site and I was like, wow, it'd be cool if this algorithm could match people to buy houses together, right? So taking it to the next level, right? And, and so I started playing around with it. I got with a tech person who actually built it. And once they showed me the platform, I was like, this is it. Yeah. This is it. And I resigned from my job um, in 2019 to really push this type of housing, shared housing as a 
a solve for affordable housing, right? And that means anybody, right? You have somebody making 20,000 could collaborate with somebody making 30, making 40, making 50, and together they can afford to buy a home, right? And and you think about intergenerational families, right? You got the mother living in a house, the grown children living in a house. I've helped clients, you know, make their dream of ownership come true by just collaborating those efforts, everybody contributing what they have to offer, whether it's credit, whether it's money to put down, um, whether it's job stability, right? And taking all of those components and making home ownership possible for people who technically were priced out of the market. That's, so that's, I- that's amazing, Nikki. I just, I love your story so much of just thinking about those two things, right? Dating and real estate and co-living <laughs> and how they could coexist and bringing them together. Like that is innovation on the next level, right? And so tell us, how does the app work? Tell us about PearGap. How does it, how does it work? How do you get onto the platform? Um, the one thing I want to say is whenever you start in a business, right, especially in a space now, first of all, I'm a non-technical founder, right? So I have the skill set that I know all the ins and outs of the home buying process with my experience in mortgage banking, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I didn't have the technology background. Mm-hmm. And so now when you put innovation in a mix, what does innovation mean? Innovation means something new or in a new way of doing, you know, a new method of doing things, right? And so when I first launched, I figured like people would understand this, like it's simple, right? We can go out, we can collaborate, but there were so many questions, not only from buyers, but from industry professionals. And so what I didn't consider when launching is that when you do innovation, there's a certain level, there's no one to compare you to. You're the first out that has this concept, right? In 2017, I was one of the first out that had this concept. Um, one of the only, because I did my research and there were no other companies doing it. So it made it harder for me to prove concept. Like, can you do that? Yeah. Can it work? It's never been done before. Yeah. So what people got to understand is when you put innovation in it, it ha- adds a whole new level of proven concept because now you have to prove concept to your audience Mm. so then we found ourselves in the education space which Mm. is good because that's where i come from home buyer education so we began to build the education around co-ownership to make people comfortable one of the things we came up with which is the biggest question that people have is how do you protect yourself right what if someone stops playing what if i lose my job what if i want out in three years who's responsible for paying for you know for for repairing the boiler if it breaks right all of these questions that people think about when they think about that commitment with someone not only a family member a friend or a partner but right. a stranger. Right. right right and so we had to kind of demystify the co-ownership process and provide this education up front so we are in the process of building, right? But we're building out the educational piece. We're making strategic partnerships with people in the space. So one of our partners is JP Morgan Chase, which it feels good to, you know, come from the company after working for them for over 10 years, right? And then to be able to partner with them to continue the work, right? In a way that I think is, is practical is to me a blessing. Um, 
but really setting those partnerships up. And now we can appeal to the masses. Now we have a trusted partner who has name recognition to partner with to kind of provide this education. And as we provide this education, the company will continue to grow um, and we'll be able to continue to build the technology because technology okay. is expensive. Yes, right? it is. Yes, it is. Yes, and it is. And you have to build your processes and flow outside of the technology before you can bring it and create that user experience. So I think there's a lot of different stages when you include innovation and when you include technology, especially as a non-technical founder. Um, but we are doing well right now. People can actually subscribe to Pair Gap okay. with that subscription. They can either do it as a first time home buyer individually or they can add partners. And there's different price points um, if you come in as an individual and as a partner. And the reason why we first start with individual is because a lot of people think that they can't qualify for a mortgage in reality they can right and so we first do that pre-qualification see where they stand um and these are coaching sessions that you get with your um subscription and so 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 nikki the education piece being that happens before they ever get onto the app is what you're saying right so the education okay. piece actually when they subscribe they okay. receive the education so got it it's like a roadmap right got it okay well, you yeah. got to crawl before you walk, right? <laughs> so yes. let's see what your goals are, long-term yeah. and short-term goals. Yeah. And then let's see how we can align real estate so that to you those can goals. your goals faster. Yeah. Right? yeah. And that's the whole point. How can we get real estate? Again, I was able to leave my job because of real estate. So how can we align real estate with those short-term and long-term goals? Got it. Then we go into choosing the right neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. Because the whole world is redeveloping, yeah. right? Yep. And they're creating new cities. They're rebuilding old cities. They're implementing technology. We are on the cusp of a rebuild, and which is why it's so exciting to be in real estate now because we get to get in at the beginning, like Rockefellers, you know, we get to be part of the rebuild. So we wanna look at those neighborhoods. We wanna see what's happening. So we provide all of the data so that people can make smart investment choices. What is the city's plan for this neighborhood? What does that plan look like over the next 10, 20 years? And how can you choose the right neighborhood where you can um, increase your investment over a short amount of period of time, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so we yeah. do that exercise and then we go into, okay, in that neighborhood, can you afford to live there? I mean, can you afford to buy on your own? We do that pre-qualification and if not, then there's opportunities to bring in partners. And then we help you vet your partners. We give you tools and different like personality tests to see if it's the right fit. Then we do um, uh, joint meetings to kind of make sure everybody's goals are aligned. And then we connect you with all of the partners involved. Um, but then we also have a, a something called the real estate prenup. Right. And before real estate prenup, y'all heard it here first. <laughs> I Listen, love it. It's it's the easiest way. And I when I used to tell people, like, yeah, we'll just, you know, create contracts and we used to, you know, we call them co-housing agreements. Um, and it aligns all of the things, all the what ifs that can happen, right? What if this happened? What if that happens? Like your whole exit strategy. And then when I used to describe it, I used to say, it's like a prenup, you know? And then as soon as I say that, people are like, oh, okay. So 
I decided the trade market, right? The real estate prenup. Now people, are, they can, you say that, they automatically know what it is. And we kind of, it makes it seem safer and more trusting and say, okay, we have these contracts in place to protect us. And so once we get that, um, that document kind of personalized, because it's personalized to the individuals purchasing, then we connect them with attorneys. We connect them with lenders to see the right programs that they qualify for. We connect them with real estate agents to find property that fits shared housing. Um, and so that could be single all the way up to full family. And so, you know, that's the entire process. We have cons conflict resolution tools in case there's conflict. We kind of have projection to show you what your money can make over time, cash flow and equity. And so this is an investment co-buying platform, right? To really fit the way people think about investing today and really to make home ownership sexy again for young people, right? I, lo I love that. And, and it's so funny. It's so funny that you would say that. I was talking to a colleague of mine last night who is doing a development here in Philadelphia that is going to have, um, she's a hairdresser. She's going to have, salon suites on the bottom and she's going to have affordable housing on top and she said you know we have to find a way to make affordable housing sexy that was literally literally she just said the same thing that you just said and so i think the real estate prenup is a game changer for protection and understanding um you know how we can work and build collaboration together so um i commend you for the for the education part of this i think it, it's almost like getting a home advisor it's like home advice getting a home advisor online and and getting matched and at the same time and so yes. it's just such a great a great concept and so nikki do you cover what is your your reach right now is it just new york what areas are you in no, I'm national. This is a okay. national program. Um, and what we're launching with different partners in the housing space is just a program that is really piloting these co-buyers and kind of going through their pain points and perfecting the flow of the process um, and really making it easy and 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 seamless, you know, and, and kind of um, less intimidating, right? Yes. Yes. Um, it was something that you mentioned that uh, that made me think about something. Okay, um, <laughs> but it'll come back to me. Okay, that's what we're we're basically trying to um, automate the entire process. Okay, so, you know it, it's working out good. The partners are good, and the and people are happy that there's an option. And so, how many people are on the platform currently? Right now, we have almost five hundred. That's um, awesome. We, and that was when we launched. We actually kind of been strategizing the yeah. last um year because the market shifted so much right so i feel like now's the time it's it wasn't the right time when i first came up with the solution and left my job um because then the pandemic happened then the market shifted and then everybody was buying the, the money was cheap and now things are expensive yeah. and affordability is a problem yeah. and pipelines are drying up right mm -hmm. so real estate agents are not as busy loan officers are not as busy so this is a viable solution um and so one of the things that it came back to me now one of the things that's missing in home buyer education is strategy 
Mm-hmm. And so what is your goal? What's the end goal? How do you want to utilize real estate? Do you want to be an investor? What type of investor? Real estate is trending right now. There's so many people on YouTube talking about buying. So I think home home buyers today should go in with a strategy. Yeah, that's 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 excellent. That's an excellent point, Nikki. So last two questions. What does being a black female founder mean to you? You know, I know that there are a lot of challenges for entrepreneurs and especially entrepreneurs in tech in the tech industry and especially females in the tech industry. Like you see all the data, less than one percent get the funding. Right. And I feel like getting funding from a VC is another trending thing that that has happened in the last 10 years. Um, Maybe I just didn't know about it because I was in corporate. I wasn't an entrepreneur, (laughs) Um, but I was so kind of hell bent on, okay, I got to raise money. I got to raise money. And now I think I'm more focused on just making a good product, making a good Uh. impact. Yeah. and not chasing the money yes like, good nikki just focus that's good on the work. like and and guess what yes. maybe i i'll focus on the work and i'll make enough money to continue to build a platform on my own and not have to rely on it but i know in order to scale things faster you do but just focus yeah. on the product and the impact and not focusing on raising money like i think yeah that you know um you make you raise such a great point and um i tell my founders all the time revenue is the best capital that's what i tell my founders revenue is the best capital and a matter of fact today i posted an article on linkedin um about and i'm gonna read the title to you it was entitled there's only one good reason to raise venture capital so you go on linkedin you'll read that and he really breaks down what that one good reason is and i thought it was very well stated you know because you have companies that are million dollar companies and they're they're talking about going to a vc round why (laughs) continue to build the way that you're building so but anyway that's another topic for another day other than capital nikki what kind of support do you need to grow pair get um actually the support of of partners has been really great for me um, I have my own circle of advisors, you know, people that I just brainstorm with and tap. So that's been really helpful. But technical assistance sometimes is more important than money. You know, yeah. how do you create a strategy to, to for your business to make money? Like I had a good product. It was a good idea. You know, it turned into a good business. But then how do you get the business to make money? How do you track you know, your leads and be able to see what's working and what's not. And I think now I'm in that space, you know, so I'm taking all the technical assistance I can use. I have coaches. I take advantage of free programs, even if it's not money, even if it's just help, you know? And so that's what I'm getting what I need. And, And being on platforms like LinkedIn is really helpful because I've had people reach out to me and help me that I don't even know, strangers. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so I think Absolutely. the entrepreneurial community is amazing, um, especially amongst people of color. And mm-hmm. um, and I've been really been able to tap into the resources that are out there free for female entrepreneurs of color in tech. Wonderful. Well, Nikki, thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure. I just 
love, love, love your story so much. So inspiring, so innovative. And I, I expect nothing but great things for you in the future. Tell people where they can find you at on social media. Yeah, absolutely. You can follow Pear Gap's journey and my journey um, on Instagram at Nikki Merkison, N-I-K-K-I-M-E-R-K-E-R-S-O-N. Um, you can also go to Pear Gap so that you can have access to um, information about what we're building and how you can be part of it. And you can go to P-A-I-R-G-A-P.com um, and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm always open to um, you know, meeting new people, making new connections and building new partnerships. Well, thank you so much. You heard it here today. Nikki Murkison of Pear Gap is our dear BFF guest on today. Always and forever. Remember now is the day. Enjoy it. Yesterday is over. So learn from it. And tomorrow is not promised. So pray about it. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.